Well, turning your Bibles to Revelation chapter 16, we're continuing, of course, our study of the book of Revelation. It's the final revelation, uh, and of course, this is written to, uh, given to the, the John, the apostle, and this is the one, of course, who wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, the Gospel of John, and now the book of Revelation. It's sometimes called the consummation. It brings about the final judgment and restoration. We're looking at this final judgment during the tribulation, the seven-year time period of great judgment and suffering upon the earth. If you haven't been here before, we've been going through it. Uh, we saw at the early part where he wrote some churches and then John is basically taking them to heaven and for most of the book he is seeing what it will be like on the earth in that seven year tribulation time period great judgment and suffering and we're seeing the last part of that now which is called the bold judgment and so this morning we'll see that also as we go through it we're going to look at the city of Babylon okay we'll talk more about it when we get there but we see that Babylon is symbolic of both false religious system and the economic system false economic system that exists during the tribulation and we're going to talk about that and uh, we'll put it all together for you in just a second well when we think about our culture if you go back 30 or 40 years things have changed completely adultery is now called an affair and fornication is just people living together and the reason I brought that up is because when you go to the scripture and you see false worship in the Bible it is called adultery that God says that when people go after false gods especially the nation of Israel and then of course the body of Christ when the nation of Israel would go after false gods he would call it harlotry he would call it adultery he said that it's immorality they've gone after that well when we look in the Bible and we're seeing this city called Babylon, which is false religion in during the time of the tribulation, he calls that harlotry and, and uh, sinfulness and adultery, and that's what he's going to call it. So this morning, as we look at chapter 16, the end of 16, some of 17, we're going to see the judgment of God on those who commit adultery, and the adultery is spiritual adultery. It's going after the false god, a false god to worship. You know in the tribulation, a man comes to power. We call him the Antichrist. He's called the beast that comes up out of the sea. That's what the book of Revelation says. He claims to be God. He puts his idol up in the temple in Jerusalem and demands to be worshipped. And many people follow after him and worship him. And that's called false religion, harlotry. And that's why this whole city of Babylon and the, of the, the false worship is called the mother of harlots. And we'll talk more about that as we go through it. Let me remind you of where we are, especially for new people. When we talk about the, the book of Revelation, we understand this is Jesus coming to the earth the first time, came to die on the cross, pay for sin, rise again, and ascend to heaven. Jesus is going to come a second time to the earth and set up a kingdom. But after Jesus died and rose again, started what we call the church age, that's us, the body of Christ, the believers. One of these days, it could be any second, Jesus is going to come in the clouds and going to take us off the face of the earth. That's called the rapture. It could happen at any second. Once Jesus is gone, there's going to be most likely a Ten King Federation form. Out of that, one man will come to power. We call him the Antichrist. He's called the Beast. He makes a peace pact with the nation of Israel. When he does that, that starts the tribulation. So understand, the rapture does not start the tribulation. The peace pact starts the tribulation. The tribulation will be a seven-year time period. It is for, really, the nation of Israel, for the Jewish people. And we're going to see some terrible things happen all in there. And then at the end of the tribulation, 
tribulation, Jesus comes back to the earth as the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We who have been taken up with him, we're coming back with him. He'll set up a kingdom that'll go for a thousand years. That's why it's called the millennial kingdom or the millennium. Then there's a thing called Great White Jones Judgment and Eternity. We'll get to that later on in the book of Revelation. So this is the highlight of the book of Revelation, that's seven years. I have the other chart that we use all the time that shows you that seven-year time period is divided into two parts. The first three and a half years is called the tribulation. The last three and a half years is called the great tribulation. At the beginning of this tribulation, the peace pact is made that's found in Daniel 9, 27, and for the nation of Israel for seven years. We saw that when this first part started, it started with peace, it went to war, it went to famine, it went to death. 144,000 Jews, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes, believed in Jesus Christ as Messiah and Savior. And so these Jewish people are proclaiming the salvation message to Jewish people. And we're going to find that the nation of Israel, by the time it's all over, the nation of Israel will believe in Jesus Christ as the Savior. Halfway through this three and a half year time period, the Antichrist or that beast goes in there into the temple in Jerusalem, puts his idol up in the temple. It's called the abomination desolation found in Daniel and the book of Matthew when Jesus talks about it he puts his idol up in the temple claims to be God and judgments and tray oh it's just horrible anyone who's a believer if they don't take the mark of the beast they're hunted down to be killed it's just a terrible time we're looking at all of these things and so the first three and a half years there's a lot of stuff but the last three and a half years is where really all the judgments and then Jesus comes at the end so this is where we are and by looking at the seven bold judgments we're toward the end We'll see more about that in just a second. And so when you look at it, we've seen the throne in heaven. We've seen Jesus as the Lamb. We've seen the seven seal judgments. We've seen the 144,000. We've seen the seven trumpet judgments. We've seen the rise of the Antichrist and the false prophet. And we're right in the middle, basically, at the end of the bold judgments because last week we saw six of the seven judgments. They call bold judgments, and, and we'll talk more about that. Let me put this up for you just so you understand. Look back at chapter 15. And you're in chapter 16. Look back at chapter 15, verse 7. Look what it says. It says, Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. Those bowls symbolically are poured out onto the world, and that's judgment uh, at the end, basically at the end of the tribulation. And when all this is over with, when this judgment is all over with, Jesus Christ is going to come back as the the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We saw back way back in chapter 6 seven seal judgments and it covers the whole tribulation. Then we saw seven trumpet judgments and it covers the last part. And now we're seeing the seven bowl judgment and it covers the last part of it all. And at the end of each one of those judgments Jesus comes back because they all end at the same time. So this is what we've been seeing as we go through this. Last week we saw the first six of the seven bowl judgments. Let me remind you of what they are. The first one was cancer and sores came on all the people who followed after the beast. Then the second one came and the sea became blood and everything in the sea died. The third one poured out his uh, wrath and the rivers all became blood and so people couldn't drink anything. The fourth one, the sun came with fierce heat. It was just like melting people and they spoke against God. The fifth one, darkness came upon the throne of the beast. The throne of the beast is in the city of Babylon. We're going to talk more about it in the passage in just a minute. And then the sixth one, angel and uh, the, the sixth one, the Euphrates 
Euphrates River was dried up, preparing the way for the final battle. Now, let me remind you of something. We saw this last week. At the end of the tribulation, the river will be dried up, and the armies of the world are going to come to Jerusalem, come to Israel, and want to attack Israel, and want to attack Jerusalem. There's a big valley called the Valley of Jezreel. There's a mountain called Megiddo. We'll talk more about it in just a second. The nations of the world come together. It's about a 200-mile area, and they're coming to Jerusalem to destroy Jerusalem. That's when Jesus Christ comes as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We saw last week, look at verse 12 of chapter 16. It says, The sixth angel poured out the bowl on the great river Euphrates. Its water was dried up. Why? So that the way could be prepared for the kings of the east. Then look at verse 14. There are spirits of demons performing signs which go out of the kings of the whole world to gather them together for the war of the great day of God the Almighty. That's the war. And then finally verse 16, notice, and they gathered them together, the armies of the world gathered together to the place in Hebrew which is called Har-Mageddon. Now that sounds familiar to you. Sounds just like Armageddon. That's where we get Armageddon. Har-Mageddon. Now Har means mountain. Megiddo means a place called Megiddo. Har-Mageddon is the mountain of Megiddo. The mountain of Megiddo is by the plain of Jezreel. The final battle of the world will be fought in that area. And that's why people say, get ready for Armageddon. It's actually Har-Mageddo, which is the mountain of Megiddo. Everything is ready. We've been seeing it's all coming together for the final thing. So let me give you the outline of what we're going to study this morning. The end of verse of chapter 16, the, bowl, the seventh bowl judgment, an earthquake, Babylon is judged, and these hailstones come out of the sky. We'll talk more about that. Then we begin, and we're just going to see actually the first seven verses, because I read the seventh verse. We're going to see these verses about Babylon, the harlot. It's religious Babylon. It's a woman on a beast, and it shows false religion. And at we end with John wondering about what's going on and we'll see it as we go through it. So there's a lot there. So look in your Bibles, chapter 16, we're going to start at verse 17. Verse 17 is the seventh of the bold judgments. We've already seen the first six. What happened there? Everything is ready for the final battle. Everything is ready for Jesus to come back. So look at chapter 16, verse 17. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl upon the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne, saying, It is done. So the seventh angel pours out the bowl. And the seventh angel pours out this bowl. It says upon the air, which has the idea of it's going all over the whole world. And it says that he shouted with, and this loud voice came from the temple, from the throne, saying, it is done. Now let me remind you of something. When we talked about the temple on the earth, like the temple that Solomon built, those temple, the temple or the tabernacle, were patterned after a temple in the heavenly places. There actually is a temple in heaven. There is a temple. There is a throne. There is an altar. All of that is in heaven. So John hears this, and here's what he hears. He says, when the seventh angel poured out the bowl, a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne. Sitting on the throne is the Father, saying, it is is done. Now, the, the temple, there is a the Greek word for temple called naos, which means the inner dwelling place. This is the voice of God speaking. And what does he say? It is 
done. This final judgment is ready. We already saw that around the throne, we saw it back in chapters 4 and 5, there's a throne. The Father is sitting on the throne, but you can't tell what he looks like because it says it looks sort of red and almost like you could see through it. We couldn't tell. Then there's the Son, Jesus Christ. Then there were 24 elders around the throne. There were these four living creatures that had six wings flying around. And then there were all these millions of angels. And then there are people around the throne. That's what John saw in heaven, and that's the throne. Out from the voice of the throne, John hears the voice saying, It is done. It is God speaking. So let me remind you again. We saw the seven seal judgments. That was back in chapter 6. It ends with Jesus coming. We saw the seven trumpet judgments. It ends with Jesus coming. We saw the seven bowl judgments. It ends with Jesus coming. That's where we are. All three of these end at the same time, giving us the panoramic picture of what's going to happen in the tribulation. So that's what we're seeing. So look what happens. The seven angel poured out and a voice said, it's done. And then look what happens. And there were flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder. And it was a great earthquake such as there has not been since man came to be upon the earth. So great an earthquake was it and so mighty. Now this is an earthquake. And there's going to be an earthquake that's going to affect the entire world. Now we hear of earthquakes all the time. People say there was an earthquake in Turkey and 8,000 people died. And there was an earthquake somewhere over else. And this is an earthquake that's going to shake the entire world. It says there's never been an earthquake like it ever in the history of the world. It says there's not been one such man has come upon the, eighth, uh, uh, the, upon the earth. So great an earthquake was it and so mighty. So God is going to bring an earthquake and a judgment upon the world. It reminds me that when the nation of Israel came out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, they came to a place called Mount Sinai or Mount Horeb. Moses went up on top of the mountain and God came down to the nation and he came in this big smoke and lightning and fire and then the whole earth was shaking and it's symbolic that God's coming in his presence well this earthquake is a picture of here God is about to come he's shaking the whole world there's mountain and there's earthquakes and there's lightning and there's thunder and then look at this next verse it says the great city was split into three parts and the cities of the nations fell Babylon the great was remembered before God to give her cup, her the cup of wine of his fierce wrath. Now, here's what we see in this next verse. It says that when that earthquake happened, the great city was split into three parts. What city? He doesn't tell us because he mentions Babylon right after that. So I want you to look at something. The great city was split into three parts. What great city? Well, could it be Jerusalem? Well, what we know from Zechariah chapter 14, that Jesus Christ left this earth from the Mount of Olives, and the Bible tells us he's going to come back to the earth, and he's coming to the Mount of Olives. Now, Mount of Olives is right outside of Jerusalem. If you have Jerusalem here, there's a valley. It goes up the Mount of Olives, and on top of the Mount of Olives is where Jesus left from. And the Bible tells us in Zechariah 14, he's coming back there. When he comes back there... An amazing thing happens. He lands on the Mount of Olives and it splits into two parts. This says the city fell 
and was split into three parts. I don't think this is Jerusalem. I don't think this is where Jesus comes back. I I think it's Babylon. I think Babylon is going to fall and split into three parts. The book of Revelation chapter 14 verse 8 talks about the judgment. And so I think when we see the city was split into three parts and and the cities of the nations all fell, Babylon the great was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of his fierce wrath. That's symbolic of judgment coming upon the city of Babylon. By the way, Babylon always represents man's rebellion against God. If you go all the way back to Genesis, after God told them to be fruitful and multiply and spread over the earth, they all came together in the plain plain of Sinar, which is Babylon, and they built this tower to reach to heaven so they wouldn't have to spread out. So God scattered their, their, changed their languages, and that's why that place was called the Tower of what? Of Babel. That's Babylon, by the way. Same place. Babylon has always represented man's rebellion against God. And we're going to see more. So what happens? Now look. So the city was split into three parts. The city fell. Uh, the cup of wrath was given to her, which would mean there's going to be judgment. And then look at verse 20. Uh, and every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. Now, the whole world is changing when Jesus is coming back. Notice it says, the earth was leveled, preparing for the king and the kingdom. Now, I want you to remember something. When Jesus came the first time, he had a forerunner. The forerunner was John the Baptist, right? Y'all know that. What was John the Baptist's message? Make straight the way of the king. Level out everything. The king is coming. And they rejected him. And when Jesus left and he was coming into, into the Jerusalem for the final time, he offered himself as the king one final time. What were the people doing? They were scattering out and saying, make everything smooth for the king. They rejected Jesus on his first coming. He's coming the second time and the whole world is leveling out ready for the king. He's coming the second time, and he's not asking anybody. He's coming to take the kingdom. And so it's really powerful. So it says, every mountain fled away, uh, every island fled away, and every mountain was not found. And then look at this. And huge hailstones, about 100 pounds each, came down from heaven upon men, and men blasphemed God because of the plagues of the hell, because the plague was extremely severe. Well, God sends this giant hailstones weighing a hundred pounds apiece, falling from the sky, and, and, and it's killing people. Listen, I, I used to coach track, and I coached Mississippi State for a long time, and, and you know, shot putters, they have this ball, they have a shot put, and it's, it, you know, big guys, and they throw it, and it weighs, you know how much it weighs? It weighs 16 pounds. These things falling out of the sky weigh 100 pounds. I was at a track meet one time, and the guy was standing too close to the shot put, and the guy kind of slipped, and the shot put over, hit him right there, knocked him down, broke his arm. I mean, it was horrible, and it only weighed, it weighed 16 pounds. What would happen if something weighs 100 pounds falling out of the sky hitting on people. This is what's going to happen right as Jesus is about to come to the earth. He says, I saw these huge hailstones, about a hundred pounds each, coming down from heaven upon men, and men blasphemy God. They didn't turn to God. 
They blaspheme God. They sit, they call God bad names. And, and that's what happened. They blaspheme God. Hailstones fell from the heavens and people blaspheme. See, sometimes when things go bad, people turn to God. Sometimes when things go bad, people reject God. These are people who are rejecting God. These are the people who have already rejected God. These are the people who have followed after the beast. They've taken the mark of the beast. They're totally contrary to God. And when the judgment comes, instead of turning to God in any way, shape, or form, they reject him. And so we've seen the seventh bold judgment. And when we put them all together, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven bowls, they all come together at the end, and at the end Jesus comes back. So in just really not very long from now, if you keep coming, we're going to eventually get to Jesus coming back. And let me give you a preview. In re- preview of Revelation chapter 7, 17, 18, and 19. In chapter 17, that's what we're about to start, we're going to see the fall of religious Babylon. We'll talk more about it in a second. Chapter 18, the fall of economic Babylon. And then look at chapter 19, the return of Jesus Christ. That's what we waited for. Jesus is going to come as the King of kings, Lord of Now, what we're waiting for right now is Jesus to come in the clouds. He's not coming to set up the kingdom. He's coming to get us, take us off the face of the earth. Then there'll be the seven-year tribulation, and then he comes back. That's chapter 19. So let's see. Let's look at, uh, uh, the, let's talk about Babylon for just a second before we get into this. Babylon, first of all, is a city which will be rebuilt. Now, you understand that there was a city of Babylon that Nebuchadnezzar ruled from. And even after that, even the, the Medes and the Persians rule from that city. It's long been gone. The city that's big and, and there now is Baghdad. But south of Baghdad is the old Babylon. And when Saddam Hussein was the, was the ruler of Iraq, he was trying to rebuild Babylon because he thought he was modern-day Nebuchadnezzar. That's what he said. Didn't work out for him. But guess what? When the, when the Antichrist comes... And sets up his kingdom, he will, the city of Babylon will be rebuilt, and he will have his capital there. Now, let me uh, let you understand something. The capital city during the tribulation will be Babylon. Now, there's a religion that's going on. The false worship system is headed by the Antichrist. Now, the false worship is going to be in Jerusalem because the Antichrist has an idol. I think it's a. Artificial intelligence robot is what I think it is. He makes an idol that looks like him and can talk. They put the idol in the temple at Jerusalem, and he claims to be God and has to be worshipped. So the center of religious worship is in Jerusalem. The center of the world is in Babylon, and then the whole economic system and the government, you can't buy or sell anything unless it's the Antichrist, that's from Babylon as well. We're going to see the fall of religious Babylon, and we're going to see the fall of economic Babylon. Babylon. That's what's going to happen. So just picture that after we're gone and the tribulation all starts, Babylon will be the major city in the world, ruled by a one man, which they call the beast. We call him the Antichrist. He will have an economic system. He will have a religious system. And he says, everybody's going to worship me. And it's in Jerusalem. My idol is in Jerusalem. Everyone must worship me. That's what's happening. We're going to see the fall of 
religious Babylon. In fact, chapter 17 is religious Babylon. Chapter 18 is economic Babylon. And we're going to see. And just remember, the Tower of Babel, Babylon from the very beginning, always is false worship and false religious system. It goes all the way back to Genesis from the Tower of Babel. Well, let's look at chapter 17, the fall of the religious system. And we'll go pretty quickly through this. Let's, let's go fast. It says, then, then one, chapter 17, verse 1, then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and spoke with me, saying, Come here, I'll show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. Now, you got to remember, this is John. John is there. He's the one doing the talking. And when he says here, when one of the seven angels had seen the, had the seven bowls came and spoke to me, one of those angels came to John and said, Come here, <clears throat> come here. I'll show you the judgment of the great harlot. A harlot's a prostitute. False religion is considered as prostitution in the Bible. So listen to this. Then one of these seven angels said, I will show you the harlot who sits on the many waters. Now he doesn't tell us now, but later on, the many waters are the peoples of the world. And so this, this is ruling. So the harlot is a false religious system. And then he goes on to explain. He says, with whom the kings of the earth committed acts of immorality, and those who dwell on the earth were made drunk with the wine of her immorality. He's basically saying, he's describing this harlot and it's immorality. It's the worship of false gods. It's the worship of the Antichrist. It's the worship of Satan. It's the worship of the false prophet. All that ties together. So watch. Here's what's going to happen. And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness. So John says, I just all of a sudden, I was carried away and I went into the wilderness and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast full of blasphemous names having seven heads and ten horns. Now he sees this woman and she's sitting on a beast and the beast has seven heads and ten horns. Now we've already seen this before so I'm going to review it for you but let me show you about what this woman is like. He says he carried me away and I saw this woman and look at verse 4. The woman was clothed in purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a gold cup full of abominations and of the unclean things of her immorality. is false worship. Seven heads, ten horns. Some, this is a drawing we found that here's this, here's the, here's the dra dragon, that's, that's that Satan and the, and the Antichrist and all that tied together. It's got seven heads and ten horns and there's the woman. Here's another picture of her and it's the same thing, seven, seven heads, ten horns. It's the picture of, of the, the beast and, and the false worship and everything going Together, So how does all that fit? Let me just show you. The ten horns uh, are the ten kings who make up the final Gentile world empire. You remember I said that after the, when the tribulation starts, somehow there will be a ten king federation, and out of those ten kings will become one man, which is the Antichrist. I want to show you how that fits together. If you turn in your Bible, you're in chapter 17, just flip over to chapter, uh, same chapter, but flip over to verse 9. Because what we find here is, and let me put this up for you, Revelation 17, I'm going to start with 9, but 17.10 talks about the seven kings. Notice what it says. Here is the mind which has wisdom, verse 9. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. What are these? They're kingdoms. They are seven kings, seven kingdoms. Five have fallen one is, and the other has not yet come, and when he comes, he must remain a little while. You remember, and this is when John wrote the book. When John wrote the book, there's been seven Gentile world empires. By the time John wrote, five had fallen. 
that's Egypt and Assyria and Babylon and Medo-Persian and Greco-Macedonian. Those are the five that have fallen. One is, when John wrote this, that was Rome. Rome was in power. And then one is to come. The one is to come is the Antichrist, the Ten King Federation, and all of those things. He goes on and says, uh, if I can get it in verse 12, that the ten horns which you saw are the ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom. They will in the future. But they have received authority as king with the beast for one hour. They rule with the Antichrist for a short time. And then he gets rid of them and he becomes the world ruler. So verse 4 again. The woman was clothed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls having in her hand a golden cup, a gold cup of abominations and the unclean things of her immorality is just false, false worship is what it really is. And then he says, and on her forehead, a name was written, a mystery. Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, the mother of prostitutes, and of the abominations of the earth. What we see is that she's wealthy. The city of Babylon represents false worship, immorality, and, and, and God's fixing to judge that city in, in two different ways. And, and so that's what he's seeing. And he's seeing the, the city. And he's seeing the false worship. And he's seeing the Ten King Federation. And he's seeing the Antichrist. And he's seeing all of that. And then notice what it says in verse 6. And I saw the woman drunk. Drunk what? With the blood of the saints, they've killed so many people in the name of religion. You know, at the time of the Antichrist, you have to take, if you're, if, you're a, a, if you're not a believer, you take the mark of the beast so you can buy and sell. But if you're a believer, you're not going to take the mark of the beast. You're going to run for your life. If you're Jewish, you're running for your life to a place called Selah or Petra. If you're not Jewish, you're running for your life because they're coming after you to kill you. To kill you because you're not worshiping the Antichrist. And so those are people who have believed in Jesus during in the tribulation and what we said earlier listen if you believed in Jesus now and you have eternal life when the rapture comes you'll be gone you will never go through this but anyone who is left on this earth and then they believe in Jesus they will be persecuted and most likely killed because they have believed in Jesus Christ that's during the tribulation look what this says again it says I saw the woman drunk with what the blood of the saints that's the believers and the blood of the witnesses of Jesus that's all any of us when I saw her I wondered greatly. I wonder the, the, the harlot is drunk with the blood of believers. False religion. Killing all kind of people who have believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life. That's during the tribulation. Now let me tell you something. You know Christ as Savior. You've trusted in Him for eternal life. This has nothing to do with you. We'll be gone. We'll be in the heavenly places. Now whether we can see all this, we don't know. It doesn't tell us. But those people who have not believed in Christ and the rapture happens, they're the ones that will be going through this. We hope and pray that they believe in Jesus because if they believe in Jesus, they're saved forever even though they're going through the tribulation. Look at the next verse. It says, And the angel said to me, Why do you wonder? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. He says, I will tell you the mystery and we will get the mystery next week as we continue in our study. So there's a, there's a lot of things. It's a good stopping place. So let me, let me give you some, some applications, things to think about from this part of the book of Revelation. Let's don't commit adultery. And first of all, let's just say real adultery, physical adultery. Let's, if you're married, stay married and love and do all the right things. Don't commit adultery. Don't do fornication. Don't do those things. We know they're wrong. 
Second, though, don't do spiritual adultery. Don't put anything before God. Don't worship something that's before God. All throughout the Old Testament and even in the New Testament and in the tribulation, when people go after false worship, it's called adultery. The Bible says that the nation of Israel was called the wife of Jehovah and the church is called the bride of Christ. If we go after anything other than Jesus Christ, it's adultery. That's what he says. So let's don't, let's don't commit spiritual adultery. Let's put Jesus Christ first, live for him, do everything we can. Second, let's understand that God brings judgment. He does. The events of the tribulation are in God's plan. We look at them and we go, oh my gosh, how horrible this is. God's overseeing the whole thing. He even allows the demons to do things to carry out his plans. So just remember that. Nothing's out of control. God's not going, ooh, I didn't know that was going to happen. No, he's working it all according to his plan. Remember that we are accountable. That for judgment and rewards, for us, we, for, we'll be stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be rewarded for all that we've done. So one of these days, what do you want to hear Jesus say? Well done, good and faithful servant. This last one's a little bit different. Let's, let's realize that religion seeks to please God. I talked about it earlier. Religion is man seeking to please God. That's where people say, I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to walk down an aisle. I'm going to be good. I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to keep the Ten Commandments. I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to make a hodge. I'm going to do this. I'm going to... That's man trying to get to God. That's religion. It always fails. It always works. True Christianity is God pleasing God. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will never perish, but have eternal life. God does it all. He's the savior of the world. It's not our works or goodness that saves us. It's faith alone in Christ alone for eternal life. So just remember that. Religion is always works. Religion is always man trying to get to God somehow by what he does. True Christianity is we take the gift of eternal life it simply comes by faith.